Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do the Rays invent tanking? Well, their owner thinks so. And a gigantic blast by C.J. Crone, the new guy. The Bucs need a good backup quarterback. We're going to tell you who they may be targeting. And another unbelievable save this weekend by Andre Vasilevsky and why I love Steven Stamkos. The NHL deadline is at 3 p.m. today, by the way. And does Tiger Woods actually have a chance to win another golf tournament? Well, after Sunday, you might think so. All of that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. It was a great weekend in sports. We're going to talk all about it. But first, a word from Audible.com. Sign up now and you get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sportsday to take advantage of the deal. Audible is owned by Amazon. It's the leading provider of digital audiobooks. They've got more than 180,000 titles to choose from, and unlike streaming, you own your own books, so once they've been downloaded, you can even listen to them online. That's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. So, uh, Steve, I, I don't know, you know, tonight, uh, as we sit here and, and do this podcast, or Sunday night, I guess it was, uh, was the closing ceremonies of the Olympics, also known as the Miracurl on ice. That's what it will be remembered for, among other things. But, of course, the curling team winning the gold medal. and uh, Yeah, how about young... that upset? Oh, it was incredible. I, I, I'm not, a, you know, like it's one of those things you watch literally every four years, although I'm fascinated by it because it's essentially shuffleboard on ice. But I don't know. I, I hear it's very hard to do. And this one dude looked like a young Andy Reid <laughs> with the mustache. It was awesome. I mean, but it was high drama. So that was cool. Did you see the curling uh, team tweeted at Delta? Yes, the US yes. Tweeted at Delta asking for upgrades on their flight back and it got denied. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting the you're not getting the first class tickets. Those are already sold out. I'm sure. Anyway, for me, the the best moment and this happened uh, last week, uh, very early in the morning. If you stayed up to watch, was the women's Olympic ice ice hockey team and their big night. Of course, beating Canada, uh, avenging that loss uh, in the Olympics four years ago, and the fact that that team trained here. Remember when the NHL All Star game was here? They were all being interviewed. Uh, it was kind of cool. So it was like our adoptive uh, Olympic ice hockey team. And unlike the men's tournament where this is the greatest players of, in, of greatest women players in the world. So that was really high drama and very cool. So I, I to me, like the, the, the winter games, I mean, I enjoy them. I didn't watch a ton of them, saw some of the skiing, saw a lot of the ice skating just because, you know, that's what my wife and, and girls were into. Um, but the Americans stunk it up. They, they weren't very good at all. So uh, in terms of the women anyway, and, it's over and they had this uh, unbelievable you know the most bizarre thing these these closing and opening ceremonies are so so much pageantry the thing that was fascinating to me and i guess intel did this or something i don't know is the the, the way the sky lights up with these drones and the pictures that they make in these things have you seen this mm-hmm. oh it's incredible these, it's, it's incredible it, and they they morph from one picture to another to another and you're thinking wow they did this i know it's all 
artificial and you know AI and, and computer graphics and things like that. You get these drones to light up like that and change positions. Anyway, Olympics are over, so that's 18 days that uh, you can get back to your regularly scheduled programming. I was say, my DVR NBC. all of a sudden has all these scheduled shows for this week that are back new. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. I can finally watch um, the blacklist again. That's right. Anyway, let's talk about the Rays. Lots going on with them, of course. Remember when we last spoke to you on Friday, uh, the fear was that Rays pitcher Brent Honeywell, their great prospect, was headed for Tommy John surgery. That, of course, the worst confirmed later that afternoon. And uh, it's very unfortunate, of course, for a guy like Honeywell. We're not talking about certainly he's going to miss all of this year. A good chunk of next year, maybe the whole season, he hopes to get back. But this is what Honeywell had to say about it. It's a disappointment, but getting to the big leagues is one thing, but helping the big league club is another, in my opinion. Um, I know that I could help. I knew what I had to. I knew what I had to do to make a club. Um, some unfortunate things happen. Um, bounce back from it. Make sure the rehab goes well. Um, you know, I. I don't really know where to go from here, except on the knife. So. You know, um, I'm looking forward to helping the club whenever I get back as healthy as I can be. Terrible break for him. And, and listening to him, he sounds like a guy that should be on, like, Friday Night Lights. Remember the, remember the Texas, the uh, high school? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, the whole series, he sounds like that. He sounds like, you know, down trying. I mean, it's playing with Billy look, Bob. and Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just such a disappointment, you know, for him and for the Rays, but especially for him because – you know, I mean, you're a pitcher. I don't care who you are. I know they're doing these things almost routine, but you're talking about a difficult rehab. And sometimes it's not the first year you come back. It's a year after that you start to feel normal again and can cut it loose. And psychologically, I can't – I never had arm trouble that way. I had tendonitis in my shoulder. I was an infielder, so who cares, right? For a pitcher to, to have something go wrong like that, and then it's got to be – mentally uh, really something to get out there the first time you try to cut it loose and just that you know that thought that uh, is this is this going to hold up how am I going to feel can I get over that that big hurdle but they're gonna they're gonna miss him because he absolutely would have been a big part of their season this this year um, in talking to all those guys and, and Brent Honeywell was uh, you know is a just a lights out prospect but well and what we a shame what a shame him. for him because he would have started his major league clock at some point this year maybe not opening day but you know, sure. This happened next next spring. Let's say he'd be getting right. big league money and major league clock and and all that. It's costing him a lot of money to have this this year instead of next year. Um, right. Had he gotten to the majors and the clock yeah. started, then you're right. He would have had a major league uh, contract and years of service and all that yeah. other thing going forward. And he mentioned he's talked to Nathan Avaldi and Johnny Venters, who Johnny Venters has had three Tommy John surgeries. Um, and he, right. p- he pitched on Sunday. He pitched on Sunday, yeah, yeah which was amazing. And he had good. a lot of family there. He threw well. I guess he pitched one inning. Mm-hmm. Um, got, I guess he had pretty good velocity. I mean, he had, yeah, wow. Can you imagine going through that three times? Um, hasn't pitched in, right, five years? Is that right? Something like that, yeah. Some, something ridiculous like that. So what an incredible story uh, uh, that was for him. You know, along those lines, as far as as far as the games go, I mentioned in the beginning, C.J. Corona, this, this is the guy they got uh, from the Angels, right? Yes. First baseman, right-handed hit, right-handed bat, which they, they definitely need. They need some power from that side. It's essentially he why they a, let Corey Dickerson go, or at least that's what they told Corey Dickerson. Right, and it, it because you know Dickerson, the left-handed bat, they needed another right-handed bat. This is a guy that can either platoon at first base, 
with Brad Miller or, or hell, if he swings the bat like he did today. So you come to a new team, and this is the thing, like you want to, you sort of want to like, you know, ingratiate yourself with your new teammates. And yeah, it's spring training, but you still want to swing the bat pretty well. And he got up. I was watching the game probably just like you, Steve. I, I kind of had it on, and it was the, the it was the Twins broadcasters. Um, I think that were on. Yes, it was uh, Fox Sports, and, and it was um, Blylevin, and I forget who the the play by play guy is, but yeah, and it was kind of late in the game. I want to say fifth or sixth inning, something like that. And I'm with you. I really wasn't paying attention who was up. Uh, in fact, I was listening for his name, and I'm telling you, he hit the hell out of one to left center field. And it was what I liked about it was it, it was like a not a big effort swing. I mean, he just got one in the zone, barreled that sucker up, and it was a drive. It was well struck. You know, right away, you know, you got guys on on the bench. You can imagine going, "Well, hell," you know. He was rounding the bases, the and I'm sitting there thinking, "What? What minor leaguer just hit that?" Thinking the time <laughs> yeah. of the game, and it's game three of the of, of sure. spring training, and. All of sure. a sudden, as he's crossing the plate, the announcers from you know from Minnesota said "crone," and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> no, it was incredible. Blake Snell pitched a little bit on uh, Sunday as well. He had two perfect innings and um, got the ball up there around ninety six, ninety seven. The guy's got an unbelievable arm. Christian Arroyo, kid from Hernando High, that they got you know from the Giants. He played some third base, went one for three. He's coming back from a hand injury. He looked pretty good. So all in all, pretty good day for the Rays uh, on uh, on Sunday. And look, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, just this whole story, uh, are, are the Rays tanking, you know, what's going on with all these trades, uh, you know, and guys that didn't re-sign. And I thought Mark Tompkin of the Tampa Bay Times, you want to go on to TampaBay.com and read his story from over the weekend. You know, he talked to Stuart Sternberg, who essentially said, and I quote, we were the original tankers or the tankees. It seems to now, be now. Does all he the get fined six hundred thousand dollars for that? Like now, Mark Cuban does. I'm wondering. Like, yeah, you're right. Mark Cuban got caught doing that, among other things. Mark Cuban gets Dallas fined for saying that he tanked, not for actually tanking. Right, Dallas Mavericks. By the way, not to get off on a tangent. Whoa, clean, clean your house up there, man. Woo, that is not a good environment for uh, female workers and the harassment charges that they had there. But, and and he's right. I mean, what Sternberg was talking about is that he said we tanked in '06 and '07. If you want to call it that, and I, I would assume he doesn't want to call it that because, like you said, the commissioner may fine him. But basically what he's talking about is, if you remember, uh, when Andrew Friedman and Joe Madden got here, they lost 101 in 96 games their first two seasons. And they experimented a lot. They did a lot of wacky things. You know, all the shifts and, and certainly the analytics came into play. But after that, you know, you, you bring up some young players. Here's the thing is – to me, if a team decides, you know, there's some NBA teams now that I, I think Phoenix is one of them, and I'm not a big NBA guy, but I've heard some talking heads right. talk about this, where Phoenix is now going to play a lot of their young guys the rest of the year. They're out of the playoff hunt. Sure, whatever. sure. Is that tanking? Is that figuring out what you have for the future? Uh, tanking, well, is, tanking is when you are trying to lose as an organization so you get a higher draft pick. Yeah, uh, or getting rid, of all your, that in the past. getting rid of all your players so that so – that, sure. But, you will get you will get the lottery pick the next year and the year after that. But if I've got a bunch of young players that I want to see what they've got, I've got no shot at winning. Is that tanking or is that trying to build for the future? Like if you're playing a bunch of young guys, it's not you're trying to lose a hundred games. You may. No, no, you're going to try to be competitive. You know, tanking, I mean, but tanking is like you know what the, why they have draft lotteries in the NHL and the NBA now because you, you're not guaranteed if if we only win ten the games first this overall year, pick, we're going right. to get the first overall pick to get whoever. That's tanking. Now, playing young guys or, or trying new things, shifts or this or experimenting, yeah. 
to figure something out or to see if something's going to work. Is that is that tanking? Well, no, but I, I mean, I think that if you're accepting that you're going to lose an awful lot of games, as long as, like I said, I've always said that if you if you can show your fan base, you know, that there's that there's a, a method to your madness that you have young prospects that you want to you want to bring up in due order, let them let them play. I've seen tanking. It was in a game, not so much a whole season, but Lovey Smith's last game uh, in in his first season when they played the New Orleans Saints and were up by ten. They absolutely emptied the bench because they wanted the first overall pick. They didn't want one of the two quarterbacks. They wanted number one overall. They wanted Jameis Winston. I watched them empty the bench. Now, did those guys not try? No, they tried to play. They just weren't any, any good. They weren't good players, and so they 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 literally tried to affect the outcome of a game in in the loss column so that they could get the first overall pick. There's no question in my mind. Now, if you talk to Lovey Smith or anybody about that, they'll say, "Well, we need." Rick, we need to get a look at some of our guys for next year. No, you were tanking. What Joe Madden and what you know, what Andrew Friedman and those guys did was begin to play some of the younger players. And in 07, you end up with David Price, and you end up winning 82 games in five, you know, five plus seasons. And you got Longoria, and eventually in 08, you go to the you go to the World Series with a bunch with a young core of players, and that's what they're hoping for this time. But Sports Illustrated, you know, they're getting a lot. And it's not just internally. I mean, we've talked about it, and and it's hard on the fans. It's very difficult for them to watch. Sports Illustrated uh, labeled them the latest team to give up, noting that there are tank jobs and there's what Tampa Bay's front office has done. I don't, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's really fair. Uh, Yahoo Sports called them a disgrace. Uh, BeyondTheBoxScore.com said they were far and away the worst offender. I think that it'll be interesting with their pitching. And if they can get get some help and some of the guys they brought in, the other part of this, and Tom Jones wrote about this over the weekend in the Tampa Bay Times, is that they're not breaking up the twenty seven Yankees. Okay, this this was not you know every year this team would bring in free agents, try to thread the needle, you know, between young and old, uh, mostly old, uh, you know, bringing a guy that was either injured, coming off injury, whether it's Wilson Ramos or somebody like him. And, and that's why you had your Logan Morrison's, and you know Logan Morrison. I mean, there's an example of a guy who they essentially had no interest in re-signing. He was a free agent working out at IMG, but he hit like 30 bombs last year, and they didn't want him back. Well, he just got signed by the Minnesota Twins for like one year, one year, maybe six million dollars. Okay, so if this guy is all that, are we going to get upset that you know one other baseball team offered him a one-year contract? So this is sort of who they've run through here, and they, they can never, you know, realistically compete with, in the AL East with any consistency if you're constantly trying to run through, you know, cheaper, one-year deal type guys. What was missing in this, in this organization were the prospects. They didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And that's why they, when you make trades for David Price, when you make trades for James Shields, and when you make trades for all these guys, you have to get back good prospects. And so – you know, whether it's Longoria and getting Arroyo back, you know, some of the other deals that they've made, they think now, you know, Willie Adamas was a guy they got in a trade. Um, Those were David you know, Price. So they, they got him Price. in the David Price trade. That's correct. And so th- now they think they're, they're, they have replenished their minor league system. They won at Durham. And these guys now are going to, within the next two years, probably a lot of them this year, certainly by the end of the year or, or after June when they have gained an extra year of control, and then, and you would think then all all through next year, 
will will be the core of your team, a young core where you have control of these guys. And if they're right and they continue to win as they have at the lower levels, then you've really got something. So I get it. It's easy to get emotional when trades first happen, whether it was Evan Longoria or uh, Jake Yoder or Stephen Souza Jr. But if you're really saying that they're tanking, if that's what you want to call this. So right. they, they got rid of Longoria, but they did get Denard Span, a veteran back, a, a pretty right. good baseball player. Uh, and they had for Matt the Duffy. For the same money, they, by but, the way. Well, they, for the same money, but they had Matt Duffy waiting in the wings to play right. third base they, because they got Echeverria uh, in the middle of last season to play shortstop. Sure. So you didn't need Duffy right. there. So you had someone right. to back. You, you lose, you trade Jake Odorizzi. But really what that did was open a, a rotation spot for Brent for Honeywell. For a younger guy. For Brent Honeywell. Right. Now, you didn't now, know Honeywell he got hurt, hurt a week later. But, but you've got other young guys. But you've got Jose De Leon and many others that could possibly mm-hmm. fill that role or move Matt Andrees back into the And rotation. he was a number three. He was your number three guy anyway. Right. Behind Co- Snell. You lose Corey Dickerson, but you sign C.J. Crone. Or you right. trade for C.J. Crone to replace him. Kind of, you know, they're not necessarily the same position. But you traded C- well, Steven Souza Jr. and you sign Carlos Gomez. That doesn't sound like tanking to me. No, because Gomez is going to cost you every bit as much as Dickerson would have. And, right. and uh, I think he's $4 million, so you might have saved a million and a half. I mean, what they're no, doing they, is, and, and they're, yes, there's definitely payroll savings in what they're doing, but it doesn't, to me, that doesn't look like tanking. You right. traded Odorizzi to get some prospects because you had young pitchers that you think. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They're ready to step in. Evan right. Longoria, you had Matt Duffy ready to step in there. You didn't need him at shortstop anymore because you signed at Echeverria last year or traded for him. Right. You know, Souza, you replaced with Gomez. For whatever reason, you didn't, you know, you know I, I don't know how they're evaluating players, and maybe they saw something, and they like the prospects they got back to. They like what they got back from Sousa. You know, but but tanking would be, team. we're just dumping everybody and, getting, and not signing anyone and getting anybody back outside of, right. you know, single-A, double-A prospects. That would be what tanking is to me. No, I think what they're doing is rebuilding and restocking the roster. You may disagree sure. with some of the moves. You may think Steven sure. Sousa Jr. is better than Carlos Gomez, and maybe he is and isn't. But you got to evaluate the prospects that got back too. That, you know, when you take the emotion of it, it does seem like there's a plan there. Now there is. Know, and, what, and whether it whether it works, whether it's right, who knows? Time will tell. And and you know, some luck has to go into it too. Like Brent Honeywell getting Tommy John surgery. No, you can't have injuries. And and either way, even if they had done nothing, let's say they did nothing, 2018 was not going to be a great year for the Tampa Bay Rays. It just wasn't. And so you know, I, I think we we're safe in saying they weren't going to win the AL East. They're always going to try to, you know, get around 80, 82, 83 wins and hope that that gets you a wild card. Last year, a winning record might have done that. Very rarely is that the case. And and, I don't and, think and they, they made moves 90. at the deadline to get better. And then their offense they did. completely They went up. all in. Yeah, they went all in, and they stopped hitting. They went like four games and got shut out. So, anyway, the Rays uh, seem to be off to a good start in spring training. Um, if nobody else gets hurt <laughs> um, or has Tommy John, they should be okay at least uh, at least entering the season. We'll see what happens. I, th- I think it'll be it could be an interesting year. Maybe not maybe not as bad as uh, everybody thought, but still still painful nonetheless. I mentioned the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They are back in the backup quarterback market. If you've been following along, you know last year was uh, an interesting year as far as backup quarterbacks go because they really thought 
that maybe Ryan Griffin could do it, except that he's never played an NFL snap, and so they went and got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, uh, you know, this year is a, is a very interesting, let's say, season for that backup quarterback role. And a lot of teams need starting quarterbacks, to say the least. The Broncos, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Jets, the Giants, they all are in the starting quarterback market, whether that's for a, a rookie or a, you know, a veteran free agent. You've got guys like Kirk Cousins, who's absolutely going to own the sweepstakes as far as you know the hottest free agent, maybe since Peyton Manning. You've got guys like A.J. McCarron that's now uh, going to be a free agent. He won some arbitration case. And then the Vikings may hold the key to everything because they're sitting there with Case Keenum, who you would think that maybe a franchise tag is possible, but they also got Sam Bradford and Teddy Bridgewater are going to probably be almost certainly hitting free agency. And then the Bills look like they're ready to move on from Tyrod Taylor, but they may keep him. Um, they got to pay him a $6 million roster bonus, but they'll probably keep him uh, and see if they can either trade him or, or upgrade. Josh McCown, who's already been through Tampa, he's 39. You have all these guys, and uh, and I will just say this. you know, This is a very critical year for the Bucks in terms of the backup quarterback for this reason. Jameis Winston is under investigation by the NFL. There's absolutely no way the Bucks know how that's going to end. They, they're confident that, he's, that he feels nothing happened, and there's a witness with – with um, Ronald Darby, and he's given a statement. Uh, but I, I've checked with the NFL. They don't update where they're at in terms of their investigations, but the, the matter is still under review. And if you go back and see you know, when these things are decided, it's usually late in the spring, early in the summer. So the Bucks have to take the free agent's quarterback now as, as a position of need almost because uh, this player could potentially be naive to think that he's not going to maybe have to start the first three four games. Um, so in, in looking at all this, there's some interesting uh, players that are out there. I would say this. They were pretty happy with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it was his first year in the offense. He hadn't worked with Dirk Cutter. He got better as he went along. He won two games out of his three starts, which, quite frankly, is In the terrific. NFL, if your backup quarterback's winning two out of three, that's oh, gold. it's fantastic. It's gold, yeah. I mean, usually if they play three, if they play one, you hope they win one. If they play three, you hope they win one. I mean, that's that's just the way it goes. You don't expect – you don't have great expectations for your backup, but he did it, and he did it with no reps. Um, and so we talked to Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you recall, at the end of the offseason. He's going to be, uh, I don't know, 34 or something like that, and uh, asked him if he wanted to still play and what he thought about coming back as a backup. For me, at this point in my career, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be given or gifted a chance to start anywhere, probably. And so... Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that weigh into it for me now that maybe didn't years ago, just in terms of family and you know, different situations. So uh, I enjoyed the year that I had here, um, and even just the, the Tampa area in general. But this team, um, you know, I think Jameis did a good job this year, and uh, really you could see the improvement in his game. And uh, you know, so I, I'd enjoy being back. Um, I really. You know, enjoyed my, my role this year. And. and the ping pong game was still good behind him. Yeah, I think, look, if uh, if Ryan's coming back, if he wants to play again and talking to the Bucks, I think there's a real interest there. It seems like a pretty easy fix. Um, they, they still think Griffin is going to be a pretty good quarterback. They extended him one year, if you remember, after his injury in the preseason. And quite frankly, I think he was going to beat Fitzpatrick out last year had he not gotten hurt. But 
now you, you could have you could have those two or and here's who I would say to watch closely and I think a lot of it will have to do with all those quarterbacks I just mentioned and the draft with Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield see where those guys go um, but keep a name <laughs> that everybody's familiar with you're gonna love this Mike Glennon he could get released and most likely will be released by the Bears even though they guaranteed him 18 million dollars bring them nice back payday for him the Glennon mob will be excited to know this that and, and and to be quite honest with you, remember it's free agency. That means the player gets to make the choice, not the team. So Mike Glennon, I would suspect, uh, will be looking for one of those situations that we talked about, where they'll either get a young guy that they don't want to have to rush into the lineup, or uh, maybe a place where he can just flat out compete for the starting job. And, and like I said, there's a, there's a lot of teams that are interested in quarterbacks as there are every year, but the ones that I mentioned, the Broncos, Browns, Cardinals, Bills, Jets, and Giants. Now, I, it's musical chairs, and there's a lot of guys starting with Kirk Cousins that are going to get those jobs. And you wonder if, if Glennon you know, might find himself in a situation where, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have to be a backup for a while again uh, until the market settles next year. Maybe I can come out. Um, he certainly knows Tampa, likes Jameis, all that. And if you come here, it's a chance maybe to start the beginning of the year uh, maybe your first three or four games. Now, you can't count on that, obviously, but you never know what's going to happen. You do know that unlike Chicago, where you're going to a new place and all the expectations and all that, and they've drafted a guy in Mitch Trubisky who they're just waiting to play, but that was not a good football team around him. wasn't a good offensive line per se. wasn't you know the, They got a rookie running back that did okay, very few wideouts. And so Mike Lennon in this offense with, with what they have, um, you know, in terms of receivers and, and, and tight ends, and, and they'll have to get a running back after Doug Martin's been gone. This would be a better, a better situation than what Mike played in in Chicago, and, of course, he's familiar with the offense. So familiar names in Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mike Lennon, but I would say those might be the two guys you might want to focus on as, uh, as the Bucks go forward. And I'm going to be at the NFL Combine next week. We're going to have all kinds of interviews from up there starting on Wednesday with Jason Light. The Bucks GM, Dirk Cutter, is going to speak on Wednesday as well. So you want to stay tuned for that. And, of course, TampaBay.com will have those interviews certainly on the podcast uh, later that evening. And uh, really just all, all through the weekend. It's going to be a fun week up there as uh, the Bucks uh, not only decide on free agency but also get a look at some of their draft picks. Now, finally, uh, let's wrap it up uh, with a couple things. We've got the NHL trade deadline, 3 p.m. Uh, today. So uh, now the, the Lightning have won – well, they just coming off a great road trip. They got six out of their six points. Uh, I guess uh, I'm going to go to this game. Uh, Monday night, of course, uh, is uh, Toronto. They're four points up on Toronto. I, I loved – I mentioned in the beginning, I loved what Stamkos did. And he got, he got like a, a ten-minute – what do you get, ten-minute uh, – Two-minute for uh, roughing, five minutes for fighting, and yeah. ten-minute game misconduct. Game, game misconduct. Or not and, game, ten-minute misconduct. Uh, so, against Montreal, but he was, he was uh, backing up his guy. Victor Hedman in front of the lightning net. Hedman feed Kutrov at center. He got checked by Alsner, and Stamkos comes at Alsner. They felt that that was a dirty check. And Stamkos standing up for Kucherov, who's skating over to the bench. So Stamkos is tying up Alsner. Alsner is throwing body blows, but Stamkos basically just bear-hugged him, so neither guy could get a hand free. Stamkos was not happy with the fact that that looked like a knee-to-knee attempt from Alsner. I just love the fact that your best player is going to protect his, you know, your other best player in Kucherov. I thought that said everything about him. 
Stamkos hasn't done that much in his career. Um, probably the most famous one was a few years ago at home against Brad Marchand, and he went yes. after Marchand and took him out immediately. And I remember that, that. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard that arena that loud outside of a playoff game. <laughs> um, right. You know, in the f- five or six years I've been, you know, going to games there. I mean, yeah. it, it erupted, and, and, and that lit up the team on that game because Marchand. I think it helped them. Anyway, but... Yeah, the other night. I think it helped them the other mm-hmm. night in a weird way. But I mean, I mean, Stamkos. You're right. He doesn't do it often. When he does, it's exciting. It's like it's got to get your attention if you're on that bench. You got to love it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when your captain does that, you know, you know, guys like Stamkos are kind of usually off limits for things like that, and you know, sure, other teams sure, kind of respect that and whatever. And you're but, supposed to protect him, yeah, right. And it's, and Stamkos after the game commented, "I didn't catch the entire play. I was kind of watching Cooch, and then uh, I saw, you know, look like a knee fast, and, and then Cooch kind of held his knee, so." I, didn't know if he was hurt or not, so it was just kind of a reaction thing, obviously. Um, you know, I, I know Alsner pretty well. He's not a dirty player, and, um, you know, I kind of dropped my gloves and grabbed him from behind. So, um, you know, it was just a reactionary thing. Um, I thought Cooch, uh, you know, got hurt, and, and it was a knee quick. Um, you know, after looking at it, you know, it wasn't as malicious as maybe I thought at, at the time, but it was just something that was reactionary, and... Um, that's it. It was pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, the game ends. They go to a shootout. And, um, man, your boy, Andre Vasilevsky, we thought that, remember that unbelievable sort of uh, behind-the-back no-look save that he made a little while ago? Well, he did it again. <laughs> he did it again to win the shootout. Um, Montreal unable to score. And uh, and so they get they get another win. They get six points on the road trip. They're coming home now for a very long time, as I mentioned, playing Toronto. They've got 20 games left, 14 of those at home with a four-point right. lead in the division and a 25-point lead on fourth place in the division, which gets you in the playoffs. I think they're going to make it. I think that's pretty safe. Now, the Bruins and Leafs both made deals on Sunday. Bruins got Rick Nash. The Leafs got Placanitz from Montreal. Will the Lightning do anything today? Will Eric Carlson be coming here or Ryan McDonough or others? You seem to think it's going to be Carlson, and, I, and there's a lot of there's been a lot of smoke there to think that it wouldn't happen. Although they they seem to be wanting an awful lot for him, and so maybe that's why it doesn't get done. But I still believe that Eisman is going to do something. He's going to, I think he's going to do something to make the defense better around Vasilevsky. I don't know what it is, but maybe it is Carlson. Don't forget the defense. When you say the defense is, and they do need to upgrade their top four defensemen. A lot of their breakdowns in the last month or two have been offensive. The, the forwards not getting back or, or back-checking or being involved right. enough in the team defense. They're too busy rushing the other zone uh, and sure. not finishing you know, in the defensive zone is a lot of it. So it's a team effort. But the good thing is with 20 games at home or 20 games left and 14 of them at home, they're going to get a lot of practice time, which they have not had for the last two months as they've spent. Right. They had a stretch of 18 out of 25 on the road, which is grueling mm-hmm. in the NHL. That, that, and then they had the All-Star game. Which was at home, so a lot of players were busy there. Didn't even get to yeah, rest. Not really off. And other players yeah. rest, and and you know, yeah. not only just the events, but Stamkos and everything's hosting all these other events and parties and whatever else as part of sure. being the host city. Sure. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of their play the last few months. I, I think you know we were talking about this before we started, but you know the grueling road schedule, and, and some of it's mental. I mean, you got off to such a great start, you know, you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you're in the grind of the middle of the season. You're on the road a lot. It's easy to kind of, yeah, take Coast shifts little. off or here. You know, you're not intentionally, but no, it's human know, nature. It it absolutely is. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the goal is to make the playoffs. I mean, having the most points doesn't matter in the NHL, and the players know that. No, I mean, it's a nice award no. to win, but 
you know, to, to make it. And they're going to make it. They already know they're going to yeah. make it. Right. There's a lot of expectations with that. But then there'll, there'll come a time when they'll see the finish line and things will become more ramped up because other teams will be trying to get in against them. And that, that sort of brings that atmosphere out of you. And so I, I think you'll start to see them uh, start to crank it up. But a big game on uh, Monday night against Toronto will be fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I'll, I'll close with this. Tiger Woods. There's a lot of Tiger Woods fan. When me and Tom Jones do uh, Spectrum Sports, it seemed like there was a time there where we'd be asked about Tiger every single time we did a show. Will he win another major? My answer was always no. Will he win another golf tournament? My answer was always no. Eh, eh, eh. I don't know. After watching him at the Honda Classic, he he had his moments. He struck the ball very, very well. And the most impressive thing was he played two weekends in a row, which he has not done for a very, very long time, two full golf tournaments, and said that physically he held up. Says his body felt pretty good, uh, but he played pretty well. But there was a point in that tournament where the leader was like 7 under, I want to say, and Tiger was at 14. Um, I believe he birdied to go three under uh, for the round and three under for the tournament. And it had he, with four holes to play, you know, if, if you come in with a couple more birdies and he posts like a five under, I mean, all of a sudden now, you know, people are trying to shoot for that and maybe they feel some pressure. What Eh, not so fast. He hit next, I think his next drive was in the water. I think he maybe double bogeyed, bogeyed, had, you know, a rough, rough coming in and he ended up shooting even par uh, for the for the tournament, I believe. Um, so, but you know, still a top, I don't know, 12 finish. I want to say somewhere in there, um, pretty impressive. And now he says he's going to go, uh, take care of his body, whatever that means. I hope he doesn't do too much because I think that's how he got in trouble in the first place with all the workouts, but certainly he's going to have to, uh, you know, get some, some more conditioning and, and, and things to strengthen, strengthen his back. But pretty impressive. I, I still don't, I still, there's so many guys, You'd have to name the tournament that maybe he can win, but there's, I still don't think he's going to win another golf tournament. But I could be wrong. He's got a long way to play. Hey, we, uh, we appreciate you listening to our uh, podcast. We hope you make this a habit, doing each and every day. We want to uh, hear from you on Twitter, especially. You can always reach us there, leave your questions. We'll try to answer them on the podcast. Uh, that's at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB. To reach us on Twitter, you can reach me at NFL Stroud, or my email is rstroud at tampabay.com. And, where can they rate and review us, Steve? Of course, on iTunes or Google Play, anywhere you get podcasts, really. TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud is where we post the audio also, and also TampaBay.com slash sports. It's always there. And make sure you go to TampaBay.com throughout the day. It's the NHL trading deadline, 3 o'clock today, and uh, we'll have the latest on that, of course, uh, on the podcast uh, that that evening as well. So for uh, Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mm-hmm.